Hey guys, I'm Ramona Phillips, the Healthy Mind Strategist, helping hurting people grow past that trauma into authentic leadership regardless of the area of expertise. Welcome to the Trauma is Defeated podcast, where you and I are not our past. On this broadcast, you will learn how to heal the mind and shift your paradigm, how to value your mental health, how to own your power in all of your relationships, how to manage that negative energy, which I call our emotions, how to set healthy boundaries and so much more. Tonight, I want to talk about how to stop being in love with the idea of being in love. Love is something most of us want to experience in life. We want to be in love with someone and have them be in love with us, right? But what happens when the thing you are in love with is the idea of love itself? What if you put that feeling at the very pinnacle of existence as some nirvana to find and keep hold of? Well, it can be problematic in several ways. You get easily disappointed by relationships. Number one, do you get easily disappointed by relationships? In your mind, maybe, in your mind, love is this wondrous thing that makes the whole world a brighter and happier place to be. And while there is no denying that being in love feels good, that early rush of heart-pounding emotion doesn't last forever. What you are in love with is falling falling in love. But God wants us to choose to love. You want that you want the butterflies, the hot flashes or, or the hot flushes of excitement, the irresistible force that pulls you toward another person and makes you want to be with them all the time. But when the honeymoon phase is over and you're settling into a committed relationship, that intense feeling starts to mellow and you can you can't help but feel a little bit disappointed by the relationship. Not unless you just find yourself really grateful for that person. And you know, the bottom line is relationships take work. It could be a really good relationship. But when two people come together, they have to grow as one. Especially when they're married, they grow as one. Number two, you struggle with the realities of a relationship. How about that? You believe love is the way it is made out to be in fairy tales. How many of us have been in the mindset of a fairy tale not accepting reality and to a certain extent you are right the emotional side to love is the easy bit after all that feeling is very pleasant right but love as a feeling has to coexist with the cold hard realities of what relationships are like because relationships can be hard Perhaps not all the time, of course not all the time, especially when you're with the right person, the one that God chose for you, right? But they will be challenging at some point, more than one point in fact. 
because we get an opportunity to grow when we're in relationships. And when the highs of love clash with the low times in a relationship, you feel somewhat or somehow cheated of your fantasy vision. But remember, it was a fantasy. Your idea of love is not what you see in front of you, and that fuels the disappointment mentioned above, right? Or mentioned previously. Number three, you are too willing to change in order to make a relationship work. It's commendable, right, to want to make a relationship work. And yes, that will mean some compromise and sacrifice on both parts. But because you are so obsessed, keyword here is obsessed, but because you may be obsessed with the notion of true love, you've been too far to make it seem like that's what you've got in a relationship. So then maybe you're living in a fantasy world and not accepting reality then. Maybe you're even with the wrong person. I've been there, done that, and I was with the wrong person and sitting around waiting for the person to change, trying to be all that that I thought that person wanted me to be. That's so unhealthy. But 29 years ago, I decided to get into therapy, and it's been a a journey, not a perfect journey, but now I'm on a journey of recovery, and that's a beautiful thing. But none of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. But I became teachable. I began to see that I was not a victim when things didn't go my way. I see that I'm a victor today. And I'm a student of life as opposed to feeling like the victim when things don't go my way. Even if that means a relationship that I have to release, right? So anyway... You want that love so badly that you are willing not only to compromise all of the time, but to go so far as making unhealthy sacrifices in the belief that it will keep the intense fire burning longer. The problem is, the more you try to force that love by changing for it, the more you begin to realize that your relationship doesn't match the idea of love you have in your mind. Again, this creates those feelings of disappointment. Number four, you overlook red flags. How many of us have overlooked the red flags? It's got into a relationship, overlooked the red flags, stayed in the relationship way too long. And it was never meant to really be because if we would have paid attention to the red flags in the early portion of the relationship we would not have spent two three four five six years with that person 10 20 years number four you overlook the red flags when you are dating someone or during the early stages of a relationship you will normally get a feel for whether the other person and the relationship is right for you is it really right for you But because you are so engrossed in the idea of finding true love, you make a habit of overlooking the signs that something isn't quite right. It might be incompatibility issues that aren't things you can overcome if you want to have a happy, healthy, and harmonious relationship. You know, people say that 
<laughs> opposites attract. Of course, opposites may attract, but that doesn't mean opposites should be together. Two people that belong together, they have a lot in common, and that also includes some other things like character issues and values. Okay, so let's talk, let's keep going. But it can also leave you susceptible to toxic and manipulative people who will give you what you want at first by making it seem like there is this intense chemistry between you. This tactic, often used by narcissists, is called love bombing. Yeah, there's people out there that will play games with you, play mind games with you. There's something you have that they want. It is where a person proclaims their love and affection for you and makes grand gestures of those feelings to lure you in. And because you are so enamored with the notion of love, you fall, you fall. We have felt, I've, I've fallen in, I have fallen in the past. You fall for their fakeness, believing it to be the real thing. Only when the mask slips and reveals their true self, you are in deep with them and find it difficult to escape. Been there, done that. My second husband had borderline personality disorder. It was very charming. Number five, you look for love where there is none. You want to be in love so much that you sometimes imagine it exists when it doesn't. You convince yourself that you're in love even when that feeling isn't quite there or isn't quite right. Or maybe you confuse other feelings for love. Or Maybe we have confused other feelings for love. This can be the lust and physical attraction you feel when you first meet and date someone. Or it could be that you mistake the kind of love you feel for a friend as the love you want from a partner. So you make, you, well, you might think you want a relationship with a friend when you actually want or what, what you, or Maybe what you actually want is to spend more time with them and have more fun. It might even be the case that you are projecting the love you feel for the idea of love onto a person and believing that you must truly love this person. All you are really trying to do is force this person to fit the love you feel. And that's very sad. That's very sad and very unhealthy. Number six, you never feel content when single. Are you happy with your singleness, trusting God to reveal that person for you, that he has chosen for you? You are so captivated with the idea of being in love that you long to feel it as often as possible. So you're not content with being single. Don't know how to really enjoy your life. Don't know how to go to, mo- go to the movies by yourself without feeling like you're being cheated not happy for other people, not happy for your friends that may be getting married or gotten married, tired of being a bridesmaid instead of the bride, right? Telling yourself these things instead of being in the moment, being happy for others, knowing that God is not a respecter of persons. 
what he has for you, he has for you. When he has for someone else, he has for someone else. God has a grand plan for your life. But it's so important to learn to trust his way. So anyway, this means the single life is not one you easily find yourself happy in. You want to be in a relationship all the time and are more like to be a serial monogamist. But as was touched upon earlier that I spoke about, you aren't always that happy in a relationship either because the reality never leaves or never lives up to your expectations. Gotta watch those expectations, especially... It's hard, right, when you're in a fantasy relationship, right? Right, or not accepting reality, right? So how to stop being in love with the idea of love? Let's, let's, let's get healthier, right? Let's, let's do the work. Let's be willing to do the work, right? Number one, work on your self-esteem, self-worth. God says that we're fearfully, wonderfully, and marvelously made, that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath, that we're more than conquerors, we are overcomers, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies, that we are the apple of God's eye. God always has his eye on us, and he has a plan for us. He knew us before we were in, and even in our mother's womb, he knew us. But sadly to say, no one most likely taught us that we are fearfully, wonderfully, and marvelously made, that we have great worth and value. So once we start getting a revelation of this, then it's time to do the work and become more aware of of negative mindsets and negative self-talk and belief systems from our past. Or maybe someone told you you're not good enough or made you feel like you weren't good enough. Maybe you were abused and then you you felt like you weren't good enough. Maybe you got caught up into people pleasing, so or so you would feel like in other words, everybody you maybe you wanted everyone to like you in other words. So we get the opportunity to work on self-esteem and self-worth. And you know, it's you know, it's not a perfect journey. It's not. But as we become more aware of how we feel, how we're thinking, how we're behaving, then we can be more mindful as to what it is that we need to do to make sure that we are loving ourselves and taking good care of ourselves and making loving decisions for ourselves. So anyway, perhaps the biggest reason a person might love the idea of being in love is because they believe that when you are in that state, your other worries disappear. Not true. We're still going to have test trials and tribulations in life. Even when you marry that perfect or that you know that individual that God has brought into your life now you can guys can partner with each other and 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 deal with life together so it might never quite happen that way in real life of course but it does in your head perhaps the biggest reason a person might love the idea of being in love is because they believe that when you are in that state your other worries disappear well it's all in our heads It's all in your head. You equate being in love with being loved when they are two very different things. You can be loved and almost certainly are loved by lots of people whom you don't have to be in love with. But you might not be able to see this if you have issues of low self-esteem and low self-worth. And especially like, if you're going through a, let's just say you just broke up with someone. I remember when I 
had separated from my ex-husband. I was going through a divorce. There was a dip in, dip in my self-esteem and my self-worth. I needed to, I had it to recharge, in other words. I needed to give God the opportunity to heal my mind and, and heal my heart so that I can make sure that I'm not going backwards or making those same choices from my past. You're not your past. We're not our past, but we can become the lessons from our past. So to you, the love of friends or family doesn't have quite the same level of commitment as choosing one and only, as choosing one and only one person to have a romantic relationship with. And so you feel you need to be in love in order to feel worthy of having someone choose to love you. We have great worth and value. We were, I, I realize now that I was born with great worth and value. So by working to improve your self-esteem and self-worth, you realize that you are liked and loved by many people already. And you learn to like and love yourself. Yeah, that sounds good, doesn't it? Suddenly, the idea of being in love isn't such a, cur- isn't such a cure-all solution to the insecurities and anxieties you feel when single. You no longer need to be in a relationship to be happy with who you are. Stand in your uniqueness. Enjoy your life. Embrace who you are. What's more, a relationship will be healthier when you aren't trying to use it to silence the negative thoughts and feelings you have about yourself. In effect, knowing that you are worthy of love makes being in love and staying in love much easier. I'm going to say that again. Knowing that you are worthy of love makes being in love and staying in love is easier. This is what I had to learn. Number two, don't confuse romance or passion for love. Don't confuse romance or passion for love. Remember, sex is not love. Like a person has sex with someone. Women are great for this, having sex with a person and and all of a sudden they're in love. Sex is not love. Men don't think like that. They have sex with you and and see you later, alligator. Talk to you later. It was it was fun. It was nice. It felt good. Maybe we'll get together again, right? So don't confuse romance or good time or passion for love. Watch that. Watch out for that fairy tale thinking. Your fairy tale vision of love may may have formed from watching too much too many Disney movies or princesses, princes, princes and princesses and the way that birds sing when two people find each other and fall for one another. It's a story of romance and passion and grand gestures. But real love isn't like that. It's nice to see those cute little movies, but we must always remember that we're being entertained. I like some of those cute little movies, but I remind myself, this is entertainment and it's cute and it feels good. It's a story of romance and passion and grand gestures. But real love isn't that perfect or isn't like that. Yes, relationships may and probably should include romance and passion to varying degrees from time to time. But in the long run, love is more of an underlying feeling of commitment toward another person, even when everyday life takes over and Knowing this prepares you for the weakening of the initial rush you feel. It lessens your disappointment at the passing of this phase. 
you'll be more content and comfortable as a relationship develops over time and your lives settle down into a rhythm together. I love that. That's beautiful. Because then you're building a relationship. You're building a strong foundation. And in order to do that, you got to be with the right person. Other than that, we're in a fantasy world trying to make something happen, trying to control outcomes. And then people look up and realize, and been there, done that, that you actually spent years with someone that you were not meant to even be with. Some people still get stuck on the relationship doesn't work. And oh, and if he would have stopped drinking or if she would have just did this or he, if he would have just not done that or if I would have did this or did that, it would have worked. Or if that, that person would have just changed that one behavior, it would have worked. No, there, you, believe it or not, there's some relationships that we put together and ignore red flags. And then there's that relationship that God says is blessed. Well, I don't know about you, but I want that relationship that God says, I want you two people together, and I'm going to bless this relationship. Isn't that beautiful? So you'll be more content and comfortable as a relationship develops over time. And your lives settle down into a rhythm together. Number three. Set realistic expectations of a relationship. No relationship is perfect. Even partners who are the best of friends will push each other's buttons every now and then. Then you get a chance to talk it out. You get a chance to communicate. Building, building, building. Overcoming challenges. Building that strong foundation. So most relationships will be less than perfect in some ways. And conflict is inevitable. You're going to, there's going to be times when you don't agree. But it doesn't have to be the end of the world, right? But in knowing that, you won't put so much pressure on the relationship to live up to the notion of love you have in your head. Love is not perfect. Love is beautiful, but we want to. We have to grow, grow in those areas. Deal with our own issues of self-centeredness and maybe selfishness and things like that, right? Even when you're with the right person, you still have to grow together. You won't get so disappointed when you have when you have your first fight or when your partner does something that annoys you. And first fight does not mean a fist fight, okay? It's not normal to be in a relationship with the, with two you know two people are fighting, fist fighting each other. Right? That's a toxic relationship. But there should, there will be some conflict. There will be some disagreements. There will be moments where you just walk, walk away from each other and say, "Let's just go. Let's let me just get some air and let me gather my thoughts. Let me calm myself down." But love brings you back. If you're meant to be with this person, you talk things through. Anyway, and you go and pray. How about that? Go and pray. Your expectations will better reflect the realities of what love really means in the context of a relationship. Your expectations will better reflect the realities of what love really means in the context of the relationship. We must examine our expectations. Sometimes they're a little off. Number four, be we must be honest about a relationship. I had to get honest. There is a difference between accepting that no relationship can ever be perfect and accepting a relationship that is unhealthy or unhappy. And I, 
I addressed some of that already, right? So understanding this distinction is key so that you do not compromise or sacrifice too much in the mistaken belief that you are in love with someone. You can't force love just because you are desperate to be in love. At the same time, just because you are in love with someone doesn't mean you have to remain in a relationship with them. Did you hear that? If it is not good for you, come on now. You can love someone from afar if you have if you have to for whatever reason, let go, release that release that person. Right? A lot of times people are not going to change. Release them. Don't spend years wasted and wasted time waiting for someone to change. Number five, think about what you can bring to the relationship. Being in love with the idea of love can cause you to look at a relationship in terms of what it can give you. Those very feelings of love. But you also have to bring something to a relationship as well. This goes for both partners, of course. But in your case, it means understanding that love is not the only thing that goes into making a relationship work. Nor the only thing you get out. This doesn't mean putting yourself or your wishes second and always bending to the will of the other person. You simply have to be willing to bring patience understanding and compassion and I'm going to say integrity and honesty and trust right good character good strong spiritual foundation self-control emotional maturity how about emotional intelligence how about humility being willing to be honest with ourselves when we do something wrong or we say something wrong, in other words. In, in other words, being willing to apologize. See, in re- relationships, we get the opportunities to grow. Dealing with our pride, pride and things like that. So, don't make the love you want to feel the entire basis of a successful relationship. There's a lot more to it than that. And it's a beautiful thing. A beautiful relationship is a beautiful relationship. So, take things slowly take things slowly make sure you're really that you know the person first of all make sure you're really good friends before you even find yourself getting married to the person and live moving in with the person and all of that don't be blindsided by sex and romance and passion shacking with the person that you just met a month ago two months ago three months ago a few weeks ago bringing that person around your children and family and then look up and find realize that you're in a dangerous situation we must be honest with ourselves in regards of how we feel we must have a level head we must have a level head so when you are so fixated on the idea of being in love with someone you may rush into forming a relationship with them in the hope that this hastens your feelings of love I remember some years ago when I separated from my my first two children's father. Six months later, I was in another relationship. I was depressed and not in a good place, and I had two little children. Today, I realized subconsciously that at that time that I was looking to be rescued. 
We don't want to look for someone to rescue us. You are your own rescue. I am my own rescue. Okay? And God is our deliverer. God is our healer. So take things slowly. When you are so fixated on the idea of being in love with someone, you may rush into a forming a relationship with them in the hope that this hastens your feelings of love. But forcing a relationship forward faster than feels natural is unlikely to end well. It's unlikely to end well, and those relationships did not end well. So do yourself and your relationship and your relationship a favor and take things slowly. Allow your feelings to develop over time and really consider what you are feeling and why and why. Know why you love this person. Not just because the person makes you feel good physically or whatever, makes you laugh. It has to be more than that. Don't just assume that because you feel attracted to this other person that it's love or that love will follow. You're going to feel attracted to several people in your life. It's more to it than feeling some attraction. You can look at someone that's cute or handsome and feel some attraction. Give yourself time. Still not sure how to stop being in love with the idea of love. It's just so important. It's so important that we're honest with ourselves. It's so, so important that we're willing to change, that we're willing to grow, that we're asking God to heal our wounded hearts from the past. It's okay to be single for a while. It's okay to be single for a while. Learning to love yourself and spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself. This is what I have chosen to do. Knowing that God is with me and I go to movies by myself and and I actually have no problem about it. I go out to dinner. I treat myself to dinner. I do things with myself. I do things with my children and my grandchildren, my family. And I enjoy my life. And when it's meant for me to be with someone, God is going to work things out in his perfect timing. So God wants us to learn to trust us, be, trust him because he doesn't want us in toxic relationships. And he doesn't like when people use and abuse us and mistreat us in any kind of way. He loves his sons. He loves his daughters. But we also have a free will and we must be willing to take responsibility for our choices. I'm Ramona Phillips, the Healthy Mind Strategist. I'm a coach, best-selling author, peer support specialist, speaker. If you would like to contact me, you can email me at traumadefeated at gmail.com I'm on Instagram as Ramona Phillips Teach Thank you for listening to this podcast Until next time I'll see you later Hey guys I'm your host Ramona Phillips The Healthy Mind Strategist Helping hurting people grow past trauma. Welcome to the Trauma is Defeated podcast, where you are not your past. On this podcast, you will learn how to heal the mind and shift the paradigm, how to value your mental health, how to own your power in all of your relationships, 
how to manage that negative energy or those negative emotions and how to set healthy boundaries and so much more. Tonight I want to talk about healthy people have boundaries. We need boundaries. People who are very insecure are always self-disclosing. Healthy people have boundaries. Acquaintances are simply that. They are acquaintances. They are part of my journey in life. They are part of my learning. I can socialize with them, but I'm learning. I don't take the things that are very special to me and expose them to people I don't really know that much about. I learn how to protect myself and take care of myself. I'm learning how to establish boundaries in my life. The key is being able to establish boundaries about when to share and when not to share the intimate details of your life. There's one more circle. These are people in your life who are enemies. Isn't it amazing? If you're healthy, you have enemies. You're supposed to, by the way. It's one of the healthiest things in the world. Enemies are negative people, places, and things. These are people in my life who are totally unhealthy for me. So I don't take the healthy, beautiful me, and expose it to people who are going to hurt me. I protect and I take care of myself. There's an old biblical saying that means, you don't give pearls to the swine. You learn where people are in the course of your life and treat them accordingly. And if certain people are very unhealthy for me, it's okay for me to have boundaries with them, to be able to detach or back off from them. It's part of my process of living. So, enemies are part of life. In fact, it's been said that as you get better, your enemies will become your friends and your friends will become your enemies. What? There's a truth in that. Your friends may well have been enabling you, telling you you're fine when you're not. That's no favor. People who are being honest with you will seem like enemies when you're in your addiction or struggling emotionally in denial. Maybe you don't want to face some things you need to face. Maybe you need help and refuse to get help. Maybe the person that genuinely cares about you will be honest with you. Threatening you to change. Trying to hold you accountable. As you get better, you'll see that we're right. And the people who seem to be friends now, 
may now appreciate, may not appreciate it when you start to change. Oh, I'm going to say that again. And the people who seem to be friends now may not appreciate it when you start to change. Or you take that job far, far away, right? Or you get married and you have to set boundaries with them. Some of them you have to pull away from, right? They might even sabotage your efforts because, believe it or not, they may see your changing as a threat to them. Part of the process is learning to deal with all those possibilities. Part of the process, it's the process that we go through in life that we must learn to embrace instead of expecting to stay in our comfort zones or constantly trying to be safe, be safe, be safe, be safe. But then how do we challenge ourselves to learn? When difficult situations come up, it's an opportunity for growth. When experience of when experiences come up and we feel overwhelmed by it, it's still an opportunity for us to learn something, to become teachable and to learn and to grow, maybe even heal. Maybe it's time to feel and so we can heal, right? So many of us have been stuffing our feelings for so long and walking around in our false selves and trying to be like other people want us to be in other words we don't want to do that we want to learn more about who we truly are being our authentic self being our own rescue standing in our uniqueness unapologetically in other words we have to make some changes sometimes we have to make some changes some people may not be able to go with us on our next journey right or while we're on this journey while God is shifting us some people may not be able to go and they may know that they can't go and get upset about that but we must not hold on to people so tightly we allow them to be who they are and to go where they need to go. And we want them to respect us the same way. Thanking God for the times that we did spend together, right? Wishing each other well. Wanting the best for each other. But just maybe we can't do that and be friends or live in the same city whatever the case may be. Whoever is meant to stay in our lives, God will give us clarity about that. There's some people that God is moving out of the way so he can make room for the new. And we must surrender to that. So part of the process is learning to accept God's will and his way of doing things and learning how to trust his timing and his ways learning to be teachable learning to cast our cares on him because he cares for us 
learning how to have healthy boundaries so that we won't be enabling people or telling all of our business to someone that we just met, trusting the wrong people, then marrying the wrong wrong people or befriending the wrong people. And then eventually they show their true character and we're disappointed. You know how little children meet people? You know, little children might meet someone else in the playground. And they instantly become friends. <laughs> it's good to want to get along with people, have fun, right? But we're not little children. It's even good to let our inner child play, right? But we're not little children. And we have to even learn how to teach our children boundaries as they get older teach them what healthy boundaries look like the bible says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life we want to make sure that we're doing that but at the same time we don't want to put up a wall and be closed off either We just want to take our time. We want to be sure. And God gives us clarity. Pray. I've learned to pray about every relationship. Because relationships are very important. They come and go. Right? Some people are just meant to be there in our lives just for a little while. We get the lessons and we release them. We let go. That ex-girlfriend, that ex-boyfriend, right? Maybe even that ex-friend, that ex-business partner, whoever that was. That co-worker, right? We used to hang out with, kick it with, right? Relationships shift. Some are healthy and some are not. But we must be realistic with ourselves. Boundaries are so, so, so important. Sometimes we, we get caught up because we don't want to disappoint others. But we're not responsible for other people's feelings, especially when we're not purposely trying to hurt them. Everyone is responsible for our own emotions, our feelings, and and how we manage those emotions. Anyway, part of the process is learning, being teachable, being willing to get the lessons to deal with all those possibilities that I just shared with you and just read with you, right? Even someone that used to be our closest friend, all of a sudden we don't understand, well, how come, how did we get to this place? How could you be my enemy now? Sometimes people have motives for being in our lives. Sometimes people are not as genuine as we think they are. And that's why it's so important to pray about every relationship. And then when God reveals and when a person shows you who they really are, because as they say, when a person shows you who they are, because they can't pretend. People that are pretending, they can't pretend but so but so long. Sooner or later, they're going to show their true Selves or their heart is going to be revealed. And we must be honest with ourselves when 
that happens, even if that's a relative or someone that we've known for several years, we must be honest with ourselves. The Bible tells us to love your neighbor as you love yourself, and your neighbor is anyone outside of yourself. So it's so important that we are loving ourselves in all of our relationships and making sure that we're setting healthy boundaries. We're not building walls, right? We're taking our time to get to know people. This is one way we can keep ourselves safe as well. Giving people the opportunity to prove themselves. The Bible talks about people's fruit. Observing their fruit, in other words, how they think, how they behave. Observe them. How do they behave outside of the relationship or with their other friends and family members and loved ones? It's important that we pay attention. Are they consistent? How consistent is this person? Does this person really have a good heart? You deserve to set healthy boundaries with people because it's important that you guard your heart. All right? I'm Ramona Phillips, the Healthy Mind Strategist, helping hurting people grow past that trauma, challenging those old belief systems and mindsets, becoming more aware and becoming more mindful. Thank you for joining me tonight on Trauma is Defeated.